Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We have just three Sundays left to conduct a Citizenship Sunday voter registration effort at your church. Uh, That would be this Sunday, September 20th, and then the 27th, and then the final Sunday of October 4th, before the Tuesday deadline of October 5th, which is the voter registration deadline. And so that's if you want to um, participate in this uh, general election of November 3rd, you need to be registered. And of course, if you're already registered, no need to worry there. You can actually always check the status of your registration at your local Board of Elections website. That link is available at the Ohio Christian Alliance website at ohioca.org. We also have some other helpful information there. Uh, In fact, you can go to, if you need to update your voter registration, uh, if you've moved in the last uh, year or so, and or you just uh, or have never registered vote, you can do so at voteohio.gov. That's the Secretary of State's online voter registration portal. Again, that's voteohio.gov. But to check the status of your voter registration, uh, go to your local Board of Elections website, just key in your name and uh, your address, and you'll be able to see uh, actually your voting record as well. And you might want to check that. Um, in fact, uh, so if you've cast a ballot in the last uh, a few years, you'll be able to see your tr- uh, tracking record there. So let's talk a little bit about voter um, vote by mail. In fact, it is projected that upwards of 40% of Ohioans will vote by mail. That's historic levels for a general election uh, this election due to COVID-19. Some people still taking precautions and have chosen to vote by mail uh, rather than go to the polls. But the polls will be open. We will have in-person voting, and Secretary of State Frank LaRose is a, assured us of that. We have helped him to recruit poll workers around the state of Ohio. Poll workers are still needed in Cuyahoga County. If you'd like to be a poll worker, uh, you just contact the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections and let them know that you're willing to work the polls on November 3rd. Of course, that's a way to carry out your civic responsibility and duty and helping us to have a fair and balanced election. Again, that's at the Cuyahoga County Board of Elections. Uh, from last count, I think they were uh, needing uh, actually about 1,500 people or more for to work the polls in Cuyahoga County. But again, voter registration, Citizenship Sunday. How do you do one? Well, just go to our website at ohioca.org. Click on the icon on the top, and a uh, kit will open. Basically, you can print that off, which includes a voter registration form, an application for absentee ballot, and a voter guide request form for your church. Uh, And you can put in there and fill it out and fax it back to us or email it to us and uh, let us know how many voter guides you would like for your church. Again, these are nonpartisan. Uh, We basically uh, put in the voter guide the responses from the surveys that candidates have been mailed, and they respond back to us on their positions on life, uh, on First Amendment issues, on national defense, on taxes, on issues of the family, all in the Ohio Christian Alliance Educational Voter Guide. We do not endorse political parties or candidates, but we do provide helpful information to help you understand where the candidates stand on key moral issues. And again, that's available at our website as well. The 
Voter Guide will be available the first week of October. So, again, if you'd like to have a Voter Guide or if you'd like to have some for your church, and you can contact us through our website at ohioca.org. One of the things that we like to do at the Ohio Christian Alliance is provide opportunities for you to hear from the candidates themselves. In fact, uh, we conduct uh, candidate forums through the years. We've had candidate forums on the air and also in person across the state of Ohio. And so what we're doing is taking this opportunity on News and Focus, and you'll be hearing from some of the candidates in the next few weeks. So with our candidate focus today, we're going to be talking to Laverne Gore. She is running for Congress in the 11th Congressional District, and that uh, runs through parts of Cuyahoga County and into Summit County. That's the 11th Congressional District. She's running as a Republican. She won the primary, and she will be on the ballot in November. Laverne's with us on the phone right now. We're going to talk to her about her candidacy and some of the issues that she's running on. Laverne, welcome to the program. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good Very good. Good to have you on. And I know that you're busy uh, working the campaign. Tell us a little bit about what it's like getting out and meeting with the folks. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is probably one of the most unusual elections that I've ever seen. You know, we have the COVID-19. And we also have a bit of um, unrest in our country. And so many people are wanting to talk about those kinds of things. You know, the protests that are going on across the country. We are, people are very concerned about the police department and the effects of the cries for defunding. Uh, there's a lot going on, Chris. There's an awful lot going on. Uh, America has got a lot of uh, interesting dynamics that it's being faced with currently, I believe. Well, you was you know it was a, a politician some time ago who said all politics is local, and of course uh, when you're running for Congress, people think about well you're you'll be serving in Washington D.C., but it really all goes back to your district, to the people in the communities of which you represent and you serve. Now you've been a local person for a number of years, engaged and in, involved in the local level, and a host of ways in which you've interacted with your community and served your community. Let's talk about that a little bit about. Uh, just the local issues that you look to represent the people of the 11th well, Congressional you know, District. The 11th Congressional District is uh, it's a very interesting district. As you, told, as you just told your listeners, it runs from Cuyahoga County across into Summit County. It's a minority-majority district, uh, and that means that you know the larger percentage of the voter base is uh, African-American or minority. Uh, it's an interesting district in that we happen to be the second poorest district in America. And when I say that, that means that we have a lot of public housing. We have a lot of, uh, we have heavy infant mortality. Uh, we've got some issues here in District 11. But we also have some really good things. We have the Cleveland Clinic. We have university hospitals. We have all those things as well. But for the basic problems that are happening within my district, or the concerns, I should say, is the 11th district, we have, as I mentioned before, we have crime. We have crime. We have poverty. Um, I think the biggest issue is, and not the biggest, but we have illiteracy also. We have illiteracy. And when you have illiteracy, you have high unemployment. You know, because if you can't read and write and you have those kinds of problems, understanding... Uh, then you have high unemployment. So we've got a lot of the major problems that are facing uh, the country as a whole. 
my one of the things that I like to do is we uh, we have a group that I well, am still, I guess, the executive director of, it's called the Ohio Diversity Coalition. And our Ohio Diversity Coalition, you know, we prepared food baskets, we do clothing drives, and we've done this for a number of years. We fund and support children's libraries. Uh, that's been my biggest thrust, the children's library, the clothing drive, and the food drives. Now, these food drives and clothing drives and funding the children's library have been going on for not just this year, but we're talking about the last 15 years. So the things that we're seeing now that are very prevalent in other uh, group populations uh, across the county have always been prevalent here in District 11. And we, as a group, and we have Republicans and we have conservative Christians of all walks of life that have come together to help support the community as a whole. Uh, most of our base is comprised of Republicans, and, but that doesn't say that we don't get a lot of help from other groups as well. And we come from all denominations across God's rainbow. Uh, I think that I'm most excited because I think we've done some good. We've supported, you know, uh, West Point Military Academy, and we've done drives to get, you know, a, a minority membership up into the uh, military services. We... <laughs> Gosh, Chris, we've been busy. We've been extremely busy trying to help. Uh, sometimes you don't know if the Lord gives you the strength sometimes to do as much as you want to do. But I think that we've been very, very capable and very concerned about what's been happening in District 11. And when I say the Ohio Diversity Coalition, we don't just do it here. For the 11th district, we've been doing, I live personally in the 11th district, but we've been doing it across uh, Cuyahoga County is our main thrust. We're talking with and Laverne I, Gore. She is a candidate for the 11th Congressional District, and she will be on your ballot on November 3rd. And, of course, early voting starts uh, on October 6th for those of you that will be uh, voting by mail and that have applied for an application for absentee ballot. Let's talk about that for a minute. Laverne, uh, this is going to be a different election in that way. Of course, there will be in-person voting as people will take the opportunity to vote early at uh, voting locations that the Board of Elections will set up in Cuyahoga County. Also, of course, voting on Election Day, November 3rd, as which I always uh, love to do, of course, a traditionalist. Yeah, I like uh, to but, do in-person. But the opportunity yeah. for application for absentee ballot is there as well. So let's talk about that. Uh, what do you see in your district as far as how people are concerned still about COVID and getting out and mixing uh, in larger groups and or uh, voting by mail? I think the bigger concerns are coming from the senior population. You know, those people that are most affected by COVID, if, you know, they're the, the target group, uh, if you will, allow that word. They are saying that they don't want to come to the polls. They're saying that they want to do the absentee ballots. And many of them have polling places inside of their buildings, you know, especially in the public housing senior building, building, they are going to be voting absentee. I think the absentee ballot and the absentee voter participation, as you said, it's, it's up 40%. I really believe that a large part of how we're going to elect uh, the future leaders of our country is going to be done in the mail. Um, there, there was an update uh, from uh, Columbus on this, and some people were saying 
Uh, once I fill out my ballot, once I receive it in the mail from the Board of Elections and uh, put it in its envelope, how much postage do I put on? Well, normally you would put one stamp. But, folks, we would like to say, hey, just to make it sure, you know that envelope, you really want to make sure it's getting to where it's going. Throw a diff- throw another stamp on there. Put two stamps yeah, on please. the envelope to send it back in just to make sure it won't be postage paid. You will have to put two stamps on your envelope. We just want to make sure of that. But, Laverne, back to your point, I think you're right that the senior housing and in your district there's going to be a high percentage of those that will vote by mail. Yeah. And, uh, again, it's pretty simple. It's the same ballot you would get when you go in to vote at the polls or when you voted early. And uh, just make sure that you fill it out, put it in the mail, and then you can even track it online at the Board of Elections website as well. And, Chris, maybe one thing we could tell them, and I just found this out recently, if you request an absentee ballot and you decide to go in to vote, they're going to give you a provisional ballot. If you request an absentee ballot and decide that you want to go in and vote, you will receive a provisional ballot because you've already requested one and one is coming to you. So it's very difficult. Once you start down the road of an absentee ballot, it's best to, you know, if you can continue that road, because otherwise when you get to the polling, they're going to know that you you, you requested that absentee ballot, which I think is a great thing to know that you, if that can be you, you don't say, oh, I want a provisional ballot. Well, no, because you requested one, and now the Board of Elections has you down as having requested a ballot. I think this is going to go smoothly. Frank LaRose was at a, a, a meeting that I was at down in Columbus, and he is very, very confident. It sounds like he has a great team. He's aware of the problems that and the problems and the issues that can come as a result of this increased number. I, I think he has this under control. I believe that people can feel comfortable doing this. It's well, that's a good thing that you said, because even in recent elections, in general elections, we've had upwards of 30% of people yeah. that have voted by mail. So we're talking just another tick of like 40%. It will be historic levels, uh, but again, the majority of people will vote in person. But I'd like to move on to some of the issues that you're running on. Uh, you have on your website creating jobs. Now, of course, with COVID-19, the economy was actually doing pretty well. In fact, um, pr- during uh, President Trump's term, uh, yes. unemployment for uh, minority groups of African-Americans, Latinos, and women yes. uh, were at historic levels. We're talking about unemployment uh, levels. In fact, so the job creation for minorities during the Trump administration was very good. So talk to us about that as uh, the president's talked about rebounding right now. Talk to us about um, getting uh, that economy going again and and creating jobs in your district. Now, you know, you know, I'm a Republican, right? So I can brag a little bit about the president. If you don't mind, you'll stop me if I go too far. Before COVID, we had one of the best Post, there is no war. He did this in the black community and in the uh, in the urban community. Everybody was working. It was an incredible thing to see. It was incredible. People were living their lives. They were purchasing things. I can tell you, the spirit of America was so exciting during that time. And it, 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 it was incredible. People were telling me, Mrs. Gore, you know, I, I help people fill out resumes to get them jobs. 
everyone was working, Chris. I've never seen anything like this. I know people don't give the president as much credit as he deserves, but Chris, everyone was working. I am not kidding you. And not only were they working, they were, they were participating in the economy. You know, they were buying homes. They were buying cars. It, it, it almost seems like it was a dream from long ago, but it was really just in March that I saw all these things happening. I saw young people working. I saw people that hadn't been employed in years were telling me now they have a job, Mrs. Gore. I was like, you're kidding me. I mean, people coming out of college were working. I know this doesn't sound real to you based on where we are now, but it's true, Chris. The minority community was working. We were doing well. People were taking care of their families. Uh, You saw the decrease of uh, public assistance. You saw that. All of that was happening in President Trump's economy. It was, Chris. It's not, I'm not fabricating. You know I have this big tattoo on my body. I'm an African-American. I am telling you, it's the truth. We had a resounding economy. The country was moving. People were doing things that they hadn't done in years. Because, you know, before that, we had quite a recession. Trump came into our lives. He accepted the role of leadership, and he did great things, as he is doing now. You know, he, he really is. The economy is not doing bad, badly right now. It's not. The economy in the 11th District, it might be doing a little bad because we're in Cleveland, and there's some other things that have to happen here. We have to get our people educated. We have to get them embracing technology, as the president has said. He is saying that we can educate the children and we can use, again, we can use choice to educate your children. And he has made those arrangements for us. And Chris, I am not tooting his horn. I, I am not trying to take this time and do a commercial for Trump. Don't think that. It's the truth. It's the truth, Chris. We're talking with Laverne Gore again. She's a uh, candidate for the 11th Congressional District. And uh, Laverne, I want to talk to you about uh, reforming education. You talked about the key of education, that if uh, the high literacy Mm -hmm. rate within your district, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. you can't fill out an application for employment. You can't really uh, work uh, just some of the simple traits if you are illiterate. And illiteracy rates are high in your district. How do you uh, plan on tackling that? as a member of Congress? I think as a member of Congress, we have to continue to push for the parental responsibility in education, and that's called school choice. Uh, I believe that if you have a choice in how your children are educated, and I don't think it's bad for the public school system. I think competition is good. You know, a competitive-based educational system, I think will be good for the children, it will be good for the country. It'll be good for the 11th district because it'll make everybody work harder to achieve the goal that we need. There is no reason why we should not have fair and equitable educational pursuits and availability for all people. And that's something across the 11th district as well. We have to implement a program that says, as the, pres- I mean, as the president has said to us, that allows people to be active participants in their children's education. Because there are a lot of things. My children went to, I'm a product of the Cleveland Public Schools. And I got a fine education. But that was some years ago. Uh, As I've told many people, 
I graduated John Adams High School, went to Alexander Hamilton, and my mom and dad were very much involved in making sure that our educational pursuits were done well. I went on to college. I went on and got my master's degree in public health. Then I pursued my additional master's in education. So I'm not just talking to you about things that I hope for the district. I am talking to the things that I've been trained to assess. I have a master's in education, and I have a master's in public health. My children were Catholic, so we went to, my children went to Catholic schools, and they went to private schools, but I can tell you those were choices. Those were choices. But when I graduated Cleveland Public School, they were 25th in the nation, 25th in the nation. It is not my responsibility to, it's, it's the administration of the public school system to maintain the standards. And if they don't think those standards are appropriate, then we have to evolve and take care of our children. And I think that's any parental responsibility. As I said, I went to the public school systems and I got a fine education. But I know here alone in Cleveland, we have a D, a rating for a public school. Wouldn't it be great if we had other choices and we could offer our children those types of choices to make sure that they succeed in life? Because this is going to be a very competitive world. And you know that. Well, some of those choices include in education, vocational training that has been a buzzword in the last few years with vocational training. Let me explain that um, a lot of uh, school systems now, rather than slating children for college, which is good, not everyone needs to go to college, but vocational training of becoming an electrician, become a plumber, uh, become uh, a roofer or a contractor. These are the kinds of trade programs, yes. actually, that are currently Absolutely. underway in a lot of schools. Uh, what What is your position on vocational training? Well, you know, as I told you, when I graduated to Cleveland Public Schools, we had vocational training schools that were outlined for that. I can just say to you, I needed a plumber the other day, and it took me two weeks to get an appointment. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There's a, there's a real need in the vocations right now. There's a lot of retirements going on, so the, the need is great, yeah. Yes, and the, the income ratio. I think I read an article in the Wall Street Journal. You can make six figures being an electrician. $160,000 is what a master electrician makes. So it's not just college. And there's nothing wrong with college either, because I went to one, and my children went to them. But a vocation, a trade, if we train our children and offer them options, perhaps we'd be benefiting not only society, but benefiting who they perceive of themselves as. Because not everybody is wants to go to college. And I'm not going to say college material, because that's not true. If you can read, you can graduate. But I'm saying college material and trade schools, we would have such a booming economy because there's a need. We have to start filling needs of the people. And well, Laverne, thank you for being my guest today. Again, we've been talking with Laverne Gore. She's a candidate for the 11th Congressional District. Her website is Laverne Gore, the number four, congress.org. Again, that's Laverne Gore, the number four, congress.org. Thanks, Laverne, for being my guest today. Thanks, Chris. Take care of yourself. And, and again, uh, just to state that the Ohio Christian Alliance doesn't endorse any political party or candidate, but we provide this opportunity for informational purposes. Hang with us. We're going to talk with Linda Harvey of Mission America. We're going to be talking about some of the leftist propaganda in Ohio schools and how to combat it. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we have voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Okay, and we're back, and uh, we're going to be talking about education uh, this segment. We're going to be talking with uh, the president of Mission America, Linda Harvey, who does some great work uh, drawing and shining a light on some of the problems in education over the years, and of course now it's only gotten worse. In fact, we're getting reports in Ohio schools of some really far leftist agenda that's being pushed right from the get-go. First of all, parents were concerned about, uh, was my uh, school going to have in-person classes and what would be the status uh, during COVID-19? There was a lot of anxiety going into the school year, and uh, now to only find out when they get in the classroom that uh, some of their real concerns about what uh, the leftist propaganda that teachers are pushing, it seems as if they've ramped it up. Uh, by a hundred times, and and I I mean we've gotten firsthand reports. We're going to talk about that with Linda, and uh, what you can do to combat it at your school. And uh, of course, uh, the president has actually made a statement in saying anyone pushing the 1619 project, he was going to defund those school systems. Uh, basically, the 1619 project says that America is systemically racist, and I mean that is just terrible. Uh, as a nation, are we perfect? No. Uh, do we have things in our past that we, we address in history? Absolutely. But the 1619 Project is uh, really Marxist propaganda, and they're trying to push it. In fact, the State School Board of Ohio, uh, which uh, we do have uh, some conservative members on it, but they are outnumbered by liberals, and there is an election coming of State School Board members. We'll have information. Uh, we don't endorse candidates, but we will provide information on our website about the State School Board uh, races that will be going on and will be on your ballot, and it's important. You say, well, what's the state school board? What do they do? Well, 
they passed this resolution. And what becomes a resolution today becomes legislation uh, a few years from now. It does have to pass the Ohio General Assembly, but they do have a partner called the Ohio Department of Education who will take the suggestions of the state school board and they'll start implementing things in curriculum. And that's why there's a great concern here of this resolution that passed earlier this year. But we're going to focus on something about sexuality of our children. And uh, this is an area where the LGBTQ agenda a radical agenda is being pushed in the schools. And Linda Harvey has been one through Mission America who's drawn a light and shine a light on that over the years. And then, of course, Netflix. Uh, that's that on uh, basically uh, the service that provides uh, uh, videos and, and movies. They have something out called Cuties. We're going to talk about that because it's pushing pedophilia. And uh, lots of people have dropped their Netflix accounts because of it and started to boycott them. In fact, Attorney General of the state of Ohio, Dave Yost, is waiting as well. We're going to read his statement in just a minute. Let's welcome Linda to the program. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, Chris. It's great to be with you. Well, thank you for stopping in and talking to us on News and Focus. And I know you have your daily program as well down there in central Ohio on WRFD, the sister station. But uh, I want to talk to you about what's going on right now, uh, just when you thought that there would be a pause, just the opposite. Uh, let no good crisis go to waste, the leftists say. And so now we're getting reports, alarming reports, of some really radical stuff being pushed to third graders up here in Northeast Ohio, and I'm going to talk to you about it. You ever hear about the Wish Tree? Uh, did you hear about that book? Um, no, I haven't heard about that one. That's a new one for me. But uh, it's, it's called the Wish Tree. And it's uh, uh, um, and it was pushed in a third grade class, and I'll share with you about that. <laughs> and we have some parents that are outraged about it, and so they actually uh, ordered the book and had it sent to me. And I'm going to show it to members of the Ohio uh, General Assembly and members of the state school board. But we have to draw attention to this. And they've been in communication with their school principal over it, and they're saying a third grader really having to deal with these kinds of issues already. Uh, what what's going on here? You know, we're outraged. We're considering pulling our children out. But you've dealt with this over the years, but it seems as if things are really getting uh, uh, ramping up and getting hot at this time. Talk to us about it. Well, yeah, it, the whole entire, uh, you know, racial um, uh, reconciliation agenda, I guess it should be a reconciliation agenda, but it's become a divisive agenda with uh, Black Lives Matter, who is, uh, which is basically a Marxist organization. Um, that they're they're part of the whole uh, panoply of special interest groups on the left, but they are extreme to to the max. But what's happening is the LGBTQ agenda, which has been in our public schools for a while is ramped up and has joined arms with these folks. They they already were on the trajectory of trying to claim that, you know, if you believe you're a girl in a boy's body, uh, that you were born that way. If you believed you were homosexual, you were born that way. And it's just like race, none of which is true. There are plenty of ex-African-Americans uh, or ex-homosexuals, but no ex-African-Americans, for example. We use that example a lot. Um, but they, they want to join hands with all of this, and they're doing it uh, with some of the, I have a school propaganda and corruption uh, agenda calendar on our website at missionamerica.com. 
which lists for public school parents mostly. You can watch for this in your other schools, but the events and weeks that the LGBTQ, but the left in general, promotes, and one of them is called Ally Week, or it has been called Ally Week. It was for trying to get you know kids that were not homosexual on board with homosexuality and gender confusion. They're, they've now called it Solidarity Week, and they're joining with the Black Lives Matter movement. And the National Education Association has an entire page called Ed Justice to equip teachers to teach the Black Lives Matter curriculum. But it's always uh, combined, almost always, with the homosexual agenda as well. So, folks, understand something. This is literally the propaganda. This is not an exception, but it's become the rule in schools at this time. And it seems as if it's a freight train we just can't seem to stop at this point. These leftist liberal teachers and administrators at this point, Linda, are pushing this stuff. And, uh, in fact, what happened to the three R's? What about learning arithmetic and reading and writing and those skills? In fact, even down into the elementary grades. No, what they're trying to do is they're literally trying to um, brainwash our children to accept uh, what we would consider immoral activity. Look, uh, you know, LGBTQ, from a biblical worldview, you know, it's an immoral position from our standpoint. Does that mean that, you know, we can love people that are in that lifestyle? But I don't have to accept that lifestyle from my biblical worldview. But see, pushing this on children in the classroom, so they're basically, you know, folks, you know, you put your child in Sunday school, which, by the way, Linda, right now, kids aren't in Sunday school. Why? Because of COVID-19. You know, churches aren't having Sunday school for the kids. In fact, I'm hearing complaints over and over and over the last several months. In fact, church attendance, folks, this is, you know, you need to know this. Church attendance is only between 30 and 40 percent right now. Lots of parents are discouraged that their local church isn't having anything, youth programs and things for the kids uh, because of the COVID-19 and because of the restrictions on churches and religious activity. At the same time, they're getting uh, propaganda on the leftist end in the schools. And Linda, this is happening. I mean, my my daughter and son-in-law are going through it right now, and I've got an email in front of me of their back and forth with talking about what the teacher's pushing in the classroom with this book, The Wish Tree, which is by a, a, a leftist, by the way, who this author whose daughter is a transgender, okay? And she's pushing this kind of stuff, and they're using the book, and they're saying, our son's a third grader. What, what's going on here? First week of school, really? And so, but you've been dealing with this for a long time, but see, the, the, they're thinking, well, wait a second, what's going on here? Tell us about it. Well, yeah, young parents uh, and many people, you know, when you don't have your children in school or grandchildren, you, you tend to think, oh, that's just somebody somewhere. No, it's right here. And you become very concerned because once your children are subjected to these these lessons, they they have two choices. They could either, you can say, wait, no, no, don't believe anything the teacher is saying about that. And then they distrust the teacher on all kinds of other things, which is the manipulation going on. Um, or you can just ignore it altogether. And many times parents don't find out because kids don't tell uh, their their parents about this. They assume you're sending your, your kids assumptions. You are being sent to that school because 
that the people there have something your parents want you to learn. So you're put in a real quandary, and the and people know this. So we've had things like Banned Books Week coming up, which is the American Library Association, very, very left-wing organization, will use to pr- promote all of these agendas in library displays, in online uh, material that they'll be getting if your kids are still learning online. You know, they'll, they'll be uh, talking about, oh, these are the, the books that parents have objected to, and isn't that horrible that there's quote-unquote censorship when all along the way, current librarians almost all are censoring out many of the classics and many of the, the other uh, viewpoints and Christian material that kids should be um, should be available to kids. But they're getting obscenity, they're getting pornography, they're getting radical anti-American Marxist material and uh, revisionist history, and that's what we're seeing everywhere. We're talking with Linda Harvey. She is president of Mission America. And Linda, you know, the work that you've been engaged in over the years has been talking about the ex- sexual exploitation in through education in public schools. Now we see it on this big screen, obviously, in Netflix. Tell us about this movie, Cuties, because you put out an alert on this. And uh, uh, Attorney General Dave Yost weighed in uh, because it, basically he's saying it's breaking Ohio law. Um, exploitation of children. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, this has become a huge, huge issue, and it's not just Republicans. Uh, that's for uh, that's the good news. But this is a a movie about. Uh, it's a French movie about an eleven year old girl who is from a um, an African Muslim. They're African Muslim immigrants, I believe, in France, and so she has very traditional values. Somehow, she ends up looking at a um, some uh, a dance routine uh, that is produced, uh, uh, you know, with uh, adult women, uh, both, and they do both heterosexual and lesbian dance moves, very suggestive, very uh, inappropriate. Uh, this These moves called twerking and so on. And she decides that this would be a great thing for her to explore, this 11-year-old girl. I'm sure this is just out of the blue, right? That Every 11-year-old girl would have that reaction. No, this is, this is total propaganda. So she gets several of her friends, and they practice these moves. And then they end up with getting the flashy outfits, doing this in front of an audience. They This is highly inappropriate. These girls are... are um, it, it is obscenity. The, the kinds of moves and suggestiveness that an 11-year-old girl is presenting to the screen is uh, a violation of the Ohio Revised Code in, in several areas. There is one uh, one area where there's nudity of one of these 11-year-old girls, you know, partial nudity. So uh, we have every reason for our attorney general who joined with the Texas attorney general, Louisiana and Florida in sending letters to the president of Netflix to say, take this down. And even um, Democratic Congresswoman from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, she weighed in and said this was uh, contributing to the encouragement of sex trafficking of girls. And so she was canceling her Netflix account. So we have bipartisan support for this. That's right. And I've talked to people who all over social media among conservative circles that are canceling their Netflix accounts. Folks, this exploitation of children, it's pedophilia. And it's actually, uh, this is actually a crime. So, you know, if you are viewing this on your uh, computer screen, 
you would be guilty of uh, uh, you know pedophilia and actually ch- child pornography. Let me go on to see uh, state what uh, Attorney General Dave Yost uh, said on this. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost requests removal of Cuties film from Netflix. Columbus, Ohio, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, Louisiana Attorney General Jeffrey Landry, and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton today request that Netflix remove the film Cuties. The film repeatedly shows children using their bodies in a sexual manner to get themselves out of trouble. It graphically focuses on the clothed genitalia of children, and it shows that the creation of publication of child pornography. The following statement may be attributed to Attorney General Dave Yost. In this area, where we are fighting a seemingly never-ending battle against human trafficking, this film is counterproductive. It whets the appetites of those who wish to harm our children in the most unimaginable ways, Yost said. I vehemently oppose the continued streaming of the movie and request that it is voluntarily removed. Well, he says voluntarily, but I know that they're considering legal action. Linda, this is good that we have an attorney general that's going to speak out on this, and these other attorney generals have done so. We really need the federal authorities to come in and basically shut it down. You know, the president uh, shut down TikTok, uh, this online app that was uh, created out of China, and it was used, as uh, they believe, as a spying tool, actually as propaganda, quite honestly. Uh, this is a, a situation here where the attorney generals, and I would say the U.S. attorney general, needs to basically take action against Netflix with the promotion of what is basically pedophilia. I think Your thoughts? Too. I totally agree. I totally agree, uh, Chris. This is outrageous. And, you know, what, what really gets me is that you have uh, almost everybody that's come out has been a conservative. There is a little bit, again, on the other side, but... Uh, the, the Me Too movement was so popular with the liberal women. Why aren't they coming out, lots and lots more of them, uh, and condemning this? This definitely exploits girls. I mean, what, what's wrong with the sensibilities of, of some of these people that, are, that seem to be so incensed about uh, the harm that could come to girls? Well, that's exactly right. And so, you know, it it talks about really what we need to do is to shine a light on this of exactly what's going on. And so, Linda, that's what you do with your organization on a repeated basis. Let's talk about back in schools where they're pushing the LGBTQ agenda. They actually try to ugly shame those uh, students who uh, basically won't participate in uh, the school's gay parade of this kind of thing. Yeah, I can't believe this is actually happening in this day and age, but this is where we're at, and it's been going on. Uh, You've been drawing attention to it for some time, uh, but basically they keep pushing this agenda, and what they're trying to do is basically get adherence to the movement and and making uh, Christian young people to be an awkward minority in the public schools. Your thoughts? Well, and it's going to go beyond even that. I have a feeling our as we see so many things happening right now in America, this election is critical, and uh, many things will uh, roll out as a result of what happens in the election. But I, I'm sure the left is already uh, ramping up again, as I said, to to join the uh, the racial issue with the LGBTQ issue and all of the sexuality issues. 
we've even seen the radical sex education, and there are so many things we could talk about with that, that what's going on in Ohio, which has an abstinence until marriage sex education law, but many schools are flouting that. They're going ahead and doing their own thing. You know, with, with that kind of education, we've seen uh, up in the Cleveland area, there's a website called 216teens.org, which is radical. It's radical sex education funded by the federal government, comes through Cuyahoga County uh, Board of Health, and they put out things that are totally irresponsible. And um, one of them is they promoted a both reproductive and racial justice summit online, which was about a month ago. Now, for, for teenagers, this is for, you know, during your summer uh, time away from school. Now, what they're doing is they're, they're melding together the idea that this is where they're going. If you don't have, quote unquote, reproductive justice, that is easy access to abortion at every stage, this is just as unjust as racial inequality. That's where they're going with that. And the same thing they're doing with the LGBTQ. So it's going to get mean and vicious. They're not just shaming a few people like they have been doing. It's going to get to the point where kids are going to be called um, basically bullies and haters. And there will, there will be consequences in schools. I believe that's where we're heading. Well, some communities are fighting back. In Medina, of course, uh, we did a referendum petition when they passed an LGBTQ special rights uh, ordinance last year. Now, we had to fight that in the courts because the local board of elections, which has actually compromised and the conflict of interest because people who were supporting that ordinance that passed City Hall were actually working the boards of election and found ways to discount signatures uh, quite honestly, in my opinion, unlawfully. Uh, these were registered voters in the city of Medina whose signatures they invalidated. They said, well, this signature doesn't match what we have on file. Well, we secured 47 affidavits, 47. And uh, they said we were 44 short. We provided that. They wouldn't hear of our appeal. We had to fight it to the state Supreme Court, which it still is before the state Supreme Court, and they're considering our case. Um, so communities are fighting back when they can. And uh, what would it do to overturn that ordinance? Now, the, the U.S. Supreme Court, in a Title VII decision, said that there couldn't be any discrimination in hiring. But it said nothing about public accommodation. We're talking about men who are confused about their gender identity and pretend to be women who go into women's bathrooms. So you're talking about the privacy rights of women and children at this point uh, with the transgender movement. Even members in the gay community realize that that's a bridge too far. They're pushing too far. They know that the general public will not accept that. Uh, the court did not weigh on that. The gay community themselves and their activists said, no, they didn't decide on public accommodation, uh, because that is an area in which communities are beginning to fight back, and so that has slowed the train, as it were, of the LGBTQ agenda. But that being said, this election has all the marbles on the table, Linda, like you said, and we're either going to go to the far left or we're going to, you know, at least try to rescue some of our liberties, religious liberties, quite honestly, before they're lost. You know, John Adams uh, warned his generation, liberty once lost is lost forever. 
we need to be vigilant over the liberties that we have of religion, for, uh, religious freedom and First Amendment rights, which have been infringed, and we're seeing during COVID-19 the suspension of civil liberties all across the country. But at the same time, we're fighting a very leftist agenda, in fact, in fact uh, just an immoral onslaught in our country, and it's weighing down our young people. We're, in fact, folks, you're sending your kids into schools, and you're telling them to fight this battle, and you're not giving them anything, you're not equipping them or backing them. Tell us a little bit, Linda, in our closing, why we have to support our young people and to know exactly what they're facing in schools. We do need to know what they're doing. We need to ask them every single day, what did you learn today? And and you need to equip them with the reasons why some of this is so manipulative. Why, for instance, the Black Lives Matter organization really does not represent an issue of true racial equality from a Christian standpoint, and why uh, we need to stand up for true American history. You do that all the time, Chris, uh, and not let this revisionist history be uh, shoved down everyone's throat. One of the things they do in October is promote LGBTQ History Month, where they revise and say things like, Abraham Lincoln was probably homosexual. You know, we need to stop. <laughs> Don't say anything. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's like, it's so ridiculous. It's like, you know, in fact, the Bible talks about in the eyes of perverse, everything is perverted. And so people say, well, how can I say that? Well, because, folks, if that's your worldview, that's, that's how you color it. That's how you see it. I'm sorry. Linda, go ahead. Well, that's, that's right. No, uh, they think that they think people like Florence Nightingale, Tchaikovsky, George Washington Carver, and those kinds of people. So it's very insidious. So people need to be willing to stand up and not be afraid of being called bigots and haters. They could, If you are equipped, you can express yourself well. Amen. We're talking with uh, Linda Harvey, the president of Mission America. Give us the website again so folks can contact your organization. It's missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com. Linda, thanks so much for being my guest today. God bless you for all you're doing. And God bless you for all you're doing, Chris. Thank you. Well, just as we were talking about, the election is coming November 3rd. There's still an opportunity for you to have a voter registration effort at your church uh, before the voting registration deadline of October 4th. So you can do it at your church on September 20th, the 27th, or October 4th, I'm sorry, the deadline for registration is October 5th, and early voting begins in Ohio on October 6th. Now, of course, if you want to vote by mail, you need to request an application for absentee ballot. Well, you're saying, I don't know where these candidates stand on moral issues. I don't know where they stand on abortion, where they stand on uh, basically traditional marriage. Well, you can find that out in the Ohio Christian Alliance Educational Voter Guide at our website. It will be posted up the first week of October. You can request voter guides, printed voter guides for your church, at our website as well. And that's ohioca.org. Well, if you've missed any of today's interviews and program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And thank uh, to those of you that want to contribute as well. There's an opportunity to contribute to help to support News and Focus and the mission of Ohio Christian Alliance. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. God bless. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. 
To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.